1: Monday everybody welcome to another episode of the better faster podcast it is almost time for a Christmas celebration Brandon how are you man
0: I'm doing well it's uh we're what two days out
1: two days out man
0: yeah I've got I don't know about you but I usually get all my Christmas shopping done on Christmas Eve that's what Christmas Eve's for so (laughs) um, yeah I'm a last minute
1: person myself (laughs) yeah I love that Amazon is still like one day delivery where if I like ordered it, I ordered like Saturday, it's still here in time.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Amazon Christmas is clutch. Oh man, it's coming.
1: Yeah. Helping so much, man. But what is Bo's first Christmas?
0: It is Bo's first Christmas. Yeah. So my son, Bo, he's, he's, uh, almost six months old. So a little, little PT thing here. He actually has a little bit of plagiocephaly. He has some torticollis. So he's got a helmet on. He's going to have to wear it for I call it, it's an orthosis, but I call it a helmet, just in case any pediatric PTs out there listening, but he's gotta wear that for eight weeks or less. You wouldn't know it unless you had a trained hour looking for it, but the reason why we went ahead and decided to to go ahead and go through it is because there is some suggestion that whenever it causes one ear to be a little lower than the other, it could potentially create some vestibular issues in the future. And then the other side of things is that if this kid has my hairline, if he ever needs to shave his head, he's gonna he's gonna need to have a smooth head, right? Cause he's gonna be screwed. He's got my hair out, man. Because, dude, I was I was talking to um one of my buddies at church yesterday about it, and I, God's barbershop man. That's that's <laughs> all I can do because. They're, LeBron, LeBron James, like his hair falls out during basketball games, right? So billionaire LeBron can't get it right. There's no hope for the rest of us. <laughs>
1: man, I am in that same boat regarding the hairline, man. And my, my wife made a comment about my bald spot the other day, and, and it hit me hard. Like, it really did. I was, I was like, man, yep. it's it's clearly getting worse if she had to bring it up. I was like, oh, that was that's rough. But no, he. I saw a picture of him with the helmet, man. He's rocking it. He looks good. I like it.
0: Oh, yeah, man. He's, he's oh, cute cute. well. He didn't <laughs>
1: seem like he was fighting it at all either.
0: Yeah, we were worried about that. They said you'd have a um, couple of rough nights, mm-hmm. but he took right to it. So he's got to wear that. He's got to wear it 23 hours a day. He gets two 30 minute breaks, kind of spread out, and you got to clean that thing because it stinks man. it smells like like a locker room sock. So you mm-hmm. definitely got to um, keep it keep it smelling good.
1: <laughs> well, um, they, well, I I'm glad that that uh, it seems that it's going well so far. It'll be off before you know it, man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, well, well, today's topic, man, is an interesting one. It was kind of brought out, um, unfortunately, um, because it was a recent occurrence with with one of our uh, friends and, and mutual patients and that kind of thing. A guy that's been a, a client of mine for a long time and, and has periodically, you know, come uh, you know over to the PT side of things too. He's a good buddy of ours, and he mm-hmm. um, was was out skiing for uh, you know the holidays, and unfortunately had a little bit of a ski accident. Man, it was uh, was going down. From my understanding, you know, I talked to him on the phone um yesterday and um had you know i guess that you know a lot of times when you're when you're skiing and sometimes the visibility can be tough with, with like the um you know the glare off of the snow and different things he ended up taking a turn he ended up there's like an unmarked Drop um, that from you know, his estimation was around twelve-ish feet, um, at which he you know kind of went over the edge of and, and landed, and, and thankfully there was no you know kind of head injury or anything like that. But uh, unfortunately, he messed his knee up a little bit, so um, went you know to the ER right away, and um, you know they did the whole X-ray and and did some some testing um, with while he was there, and and you know again it's going to be seeing the ortho um, I think today too is kind of just checking all you know that's what they recommended he do. And, and it seems as though um, from all accounts as i think this was an isolated uh mcl issue right that they say you know it seems as though uh that might be all it is so um wanted to take this kind of opportunity we asked if it was all right with him to to chat about um one you know uh, the mcl just itself and and two you know the Uh, what is the typical course of action with an injury to that structure when there is or isn't other things along with it. Like, you know, if it's an MCL and ACL or meniscus, that kind of thing. Um, And then also um, this idea of prehabbing surgery. Um, You know, if for some reason, not just in, I'm not talking about this case in particular, but in any case in which surgery might be warranted the benefits of actually, you know, doing some kind of structured training prior to, uh, that surgery and then how it affects outcomes. So Brandon, MCL man, let's get let's get started.
0: MCL. So I don't know how how basic do we want to start with this. Do we want to just kind of define it? Yeah, yeah. So MCL, you know, it's, MCL stands for medial collateral. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. So, so the I think we most most people have an idea of. What we're talking about the knee and the MCL and the medial have an idea of where it is, and it's very you know fan shaped, and and it span it crosses the knee joint, and actually some of the deep fibers blend with the meniscus and the capsule and that kind of thing, and 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 its job is primarily to uh, you know limit valgus stress of the knee, so that that movement of where like you're kind of like you know that knock knee like look there um it, that mm-hmm. motion there's kind of it's it's job so we kind of have an idea of kind of what its job is and what it looks like there um but um let's talk about kind of injuries to it and and you know what um, you know where do we go from there
0: yeah for sure so like you said it's if if we're looking at the MCL in isolation that's going to be a valgus stress test right it can be contact or non-contact i i i in in a lot of cases when it is in isolation it's going to be just some type of fall some type of you know blow you see it a lot in the football uh, side of things from kind of lateral to medial so basically somebody hits you on the outside of the knee and because it is actually extra capsular if it is truly in isolation you don't actually expect it to have a ton of swelling now sometimes that happens and a lot of times when that happens it's because you've torn something else with it right so you know we know about the the, the terrible triad right the ACL, MCL, medial meniscus, and that's because you know, you've know you got the, the MCL that kind of blends in with that medial meniscus, and if there is a little bit of like a twisting movement involved with that as well, a lot of times you'll see the ACL go with it as well too. And so that's definitely something that usually is, is easily teased out by doing some imaging and that kind of thing. But then the question is, you know, where do we go from there, right? So say, say that is torn, right? Say, say one or more things are torn, what are we going to do? do we need to get surgery? If so, do we need to rush into surgery? I know that's the conversation that we've had with this particular client. This thing just happened yesterday, right? He was in the ER yesterday when he was sending us messages and Mm -hmm. pictures and stuff like that too. So it was actually really cool because it was almost like a, like impromptu telehealth thing. And that's something that you and I have been kind of toying around the idea with. And I think this is kind of, kind of neat to practice it this way and and kind of see how it goes. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting to see their the approach from that side of the system too. So he goes in, and of course, X rays done done right away. Right, they're they're going to look to see if there's any obvious kind of fracture there. You know, when there's trauma in that area. So that that was kind of you know an, an obvious start to it. And they did do some ligamentous testing, from what I understand. Um, and and again, you know, this is an interesting thing because I you wonder how often um you know those the person that was conducting that test actually does those tests right um so that's kind of an interesting thing in the emergency room they have they have to be prepared for so much right but it's you know it very easily it's one of those things you know it's like well how how well performed was was each one of these uh these tests that's an interesting kind of uh, conversation too um but then you know they they gave him a brace um and then they also gave him a a generic list of exercises too so uh, i you know i do want to dive into that a little further what are your thoughts on you know hey let's get a brace on this and uh, you know, only take it off if you're gonna shower, kind of thing and and sure. also this generic list of exercises, um which I think I, I think he said he sent over the list and and kind of told us a little bit about what they were you know, what um he was they were having him do. you know let's, let's start there? What do you think about those two things?
0: Yeah, so first off, I actually with him being this thing being twenty four hours old, I honestly don't have too much of a problem with that. I think it's actually a good start. They're actually encouraging him to move this thing. and not so much specifically because, It's a ligamentous injury, mainly because of the fact that they're already trying to keep this thing from getting stiff, from him getting too atrophied, um, keep him from getting fluid, just being static in that lower leg, right? We don't want to get things like blood clots, stuff like that, too. So at least they got him moving, right? And we haven't seen it. We've only just been kind of talking to Texans. So we don't know, you know, how unstable this thing actually is. You know, is it? Is it a really severe case? Is it a case where, you know, if he tries to, you know, step over something, he's got all his weight on that affected leg, that thing's going to buckle underneath him, that kind of thing, too. So I think right. on the side of caution before they dive into any deeper is a good thing. But with that said, you know, yeah, keep in mind his training goals. This guy's a stud, right? This guy trains, he trains hard, and he's in good shape. So the the phase one exercises, you know, he's going to need to step it up pretty fast. You know, assuming. Everything's okay. There's no kind of emergency situation. So I think it's good for the initial you know, three days or so just to kind of get the pain under control, get things moving, all that kind of stuff we talked about. Um, the brace, you know, I, I'd have to see it. I'd have to get my hands on it, but I don't think that's too bad of a decision, you know, because they are encouraging right. movements. A lot of times you see these guys that just say, Hey, don't move it. <laughs> we'll Stay in the brace. Don't move. Don't get up. Just sit until, until we get you into surgery, that kind of thing. So I think that's probably the next part of the conversation. Well, let me get your thoughts on that too. But then the next part of the conversation is, the the surgery talk as well. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I think I I kind of in in agreement with you there too. Like, I don't have a problem with the with the brace right away, especially from like I know from a psychological standpoint here in texting, just in uh, in talking with him on the phone too, and just uh, you know hearing you know kind of his his voice and his mindset around it too is you know he's definitely you know definitely a little concerned there and that that you know you know did I do something you know pretty rough to this and you know it's you know having the brace there too from like that that mental component too of like okay this is this is helping me a little bit actually I think for him actually it was a good thing in this instance and. I, I think it's, you know, again, if there's, depending on how, how, it, again, without having hands on it, without being able to really see it, you know, if you feel like it's really necessary to provide that little extra bit of stability while he's up and moving, um, I'm, I'm definitely okay with it, especially since, like you mentioned, they are, they did give him things to do. So he's got. Um, some exercise specifically a lot of it uh, around the ankle and some actual movement through the knee and different things to, to encourage, you know, you know, blood flow, keep it from getting stiff, um, all those things that we know are really important right now. Um, so I think that that approach actually went pretty, was pretty solid there. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, and even with the brace too, I know you had talked to him about this and I kind of reiterated it to him. Um, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, the braces, you know, you can take it off for, for showering and that kind of thing. But for him, you know, it was, uh, it was one of those things he's like, I don't, I, you know, I don't really know if I want to take it off and try to get in the shower It's like, okay, you know, get, you know, leave it on, get in the bath or, you know, take it off Mm -hmm. and get in the bath and, you know, you can, you know, you can can work around it a little bit. And so um, Mm -hmm. I I think that uh, it it ended up being a a fairly good, um, at least start to it. Um, I also think they, you know, they knew that he was going to be able to get, and they were, they had already I think, coordinated a way to get him in with an ortho. Then I think it was the next day. So like they had already, they already knew that this was kind of like a, Hey, this, we're just kind of managing this for the first 24 hours. We're going to move it a little bit. We're going to protect it a little bit. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to get him in with, um, you know, uh, you know, somebody to take a look at it. Um, they also did recommend, um, kind of rice a little bit, um, the, the rice method. So I think this would be another, uh, another chance for us to, to look at the the whole ice conversation, you know, so something mm-hmm. acute like this, um, they did suggest some, some icing with it. So, um, before we go into the surgery talk, I do want to get kind of your thoughts on, you know, you know rice, you know, we're resting it, you know, when we're not doing those specific exercises, we're going to throw mm-hmm. some ice on it, you know, maybe we'll do some compression we're we'll definitely want to elevate it. So what are your thoughts on, on the ice?
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I we we did the whole episode about it and from what our best understanding is because again we don't know it all and everything's contextual that icing can be very effective when injury is very very acute we're talking like the first six hours after that there there is some suggestion that it may potentially cause a little more harm than good because your body has an inflammatory response for a reason and that actually is what stimulates the whole cascade of these tissues to heal properly so you know sometimes you know, if we do ice it, uh, that that could actually retard that process, could slow it down. But, you know, with that said, I mean, if, if he's in pain and the ice is controlling the pain and he's choosing to do ice over taking an NSAID or some type of, you know, opioid medication that still gets prescribed a lot to these days, I'd choose ice over those any day of the week, right? At the end of the day, it's probably not that big of a deal. But as far as rest goes, you know, I think, I think that it should be relative rest, right? So obviously, we don't expect him to, you know, get back in the gym and start hitting Olympic lifts right now. He's he's resting from those movements, but he's still moving, right? He's moving as much as he can around this thing to go ahead and stimulate a healing environment, controlling the things that he can control, right? And, you know, I'm going to debate here a little bit, but nutrition also plays a role in that. And, again, making sure that he – gets some compression elevation, that's a good thing, but I like to encourage movement with that, right? Even the simple things, like the really basic stuff, like having your foot elevated above the heart, doing ankle pumps, quad sex, things like that, just to make sure all that fluid doesn't get congested in that area, that goes a long way. And so I think that it, it depends on how that was framed to him. And hopefully it was framed the right way, and that's might be our job, right? And we I know one of the first things that I that I responded to him was, you know, I hope that he gets better soon because I, I really do. But have you found a good PT in your area as well, too? Yeah. Because the PTs tend to be the ones that can actually take the time to go through all these things with you.
1: Yeah, no, I think I, I kind of reiterated the same thing. You know, the first part, you know, he was in a lot of pain, right, and he was very um sure in his stance of he didn't want to take anything super strong from a pain management perspective right so mm-hmm. you know that's I, so why I, you know when i talked i was like man you know if ice takes the edge off a little bit and lets you fall asleep then you know go for it or you know mm-hmm. if it if it allows you to, to to you know get into some of that 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 movement and those exercises that you that you they, they want you to do and that kind of thing and, and allow you to, to keep doing some movement then go for it right um and yeah. you know he ended up not utilizing the ice a ton but it definitely was something that they had kind of you know encouraged him to do um and and so that's i kind of gave him that same spiel it's like well, outside the the 24 hours. Like if we're gonna use ice, it's it's more for not what the ice is gonna ice is doing itself, but more what is the ice allowing us to do is doing it to mm-hmm. calm the pain down a little bit and then lets us sleep, get fall asleep. Then yeah, I'm all for that, man, because you need to be sleeping. Um, or mm-hmm. if it allows you to do a little extra movement that you might not otherwise, or you might move around a little bit more throughout the day because that, that little a bit of that edge of pains off, or it, it keeps you from having to take a, a, as many you know pills or, or anything else like that. Then then yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Um, so, you know, I kind of explained it in that way too to him and, and he kind of already understood that he's a smart dude. So, uh, but we had the same conversation too, about, uh, you know, one of my first thing is like, yeah, do you, cause he just moved. So I was like, do you, do you have a PT around you? <laughs> that was like, uh, yeah. that was like question number two, two of, uh, like, are you Super okay? biased? And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Not showing my bias at all there.
0: Right. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think that Honestly, I think the fact that just you taking the time to talk to him about these things and peel back the layers just goes a long ways, right? That's oh, yeah. when we think about the professional PT and the the whole PT patient alliance, that goes a long ways, right? So I, I would hope that's reassuring. And he's got a good mindset going into this ortho appointment, which is today. It might actually have already went on this morning. I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. It's coming, it's coming up soon, right? Right. So, you know, we got to anticipate probably a few scenarios that he's going to have, right? So, you know, one is kind of the worst case scenario. Let's say that. He did have an MCL sprain, along with maybe an ACL and possibly the medial meniscus. Right? Mm-hmm. Chances are they're probably going to operate and operate soon. If it's just the MCL in isolation, you know it, it has a very nice healing potential. You got to be smart with what you do. You got to obey the soft tissue healing times. You can't just you know go back into you know 100% activity as soon as it's feeling good. You got to respect the soft tissue healing time. I think some PTs mm-hmm. are kind of neglecting that these days. But that's for probably a different episode. Um right. And and then you know the other thing too is they may say hey let's get you in a PT clinic let's get you rehabbing and let's decide where we want to go after you've done that for a few weeks you know maybe we we'll can't maybe you won't need to have the surgery depending on what your goals are or maybe you will end up needing the surgery because it is just too unstable for you to get back to doing the activities that you want to do but at least you'll go into it in a better position right so I guess that's where the prehab conversation comes in we can talk about that out a little
1: bit yeah no I I. I'm completely with you, man. That's why I told him when he was going into this appointment, I was like, you know, um, I say, go into it with, with an open mind, right? This person is going to, is going to try to give you advice that they really think is in your best interest, right? Every provider, you know, we like to think is, is trying to tell you, you know, the thing that's best for you. And, but the way I present it is like, they have a very specific set of skills, just like I would say, I have a very specific set of skills. And so we're always going to frame it in a way in which my set of skills is going to be able to help you. So a surgeon is going to, if they think they can help you, their mode of help is, is with a scalpel. So there you might, you might get told that surgery would be great for you. Um, and I was like, same thing for me. I'm going to probably do everything I can to try to prevent that because my set of skills is, is not in the OR. So, um, you know, I kind of, I was like, just go in with an open mind. And it's, it's a, a, you know, something that uh, you know, it's important to still get that person's, uh, you know, input and their expertise, right? And, and and I told him, I said, either way, regardless of what the, the surgeon is going to tell you, um, um, you know, hopefully, you know, especially if it's MCL, I explained kind of the literature on the MCL's ability to heal and, and how we can do really great things with conservative management. If it's just MCL, I kind of, have already talked about that a little bit with him, um, just kind of already mm-hmm. putting that bug in his ear a little bit. I said, hopefully that surgeon also agrees with those type of things too. I said, either way though, I would love to get you, uh, you know, in with, a, a pt in your area and I, i've kind of been looking around on where he is and i've got an idea of where i want to send him somebody um actually our through through our friends at ice um you know so gotta yeah gotta always seems like we're always giving them a shout out but i've yeah, uh use a, that a network. yeah i know yeah exactly man the network's huge and um you know there's uh, a an instructor that um also is kind of in his area that uh, i'm gonna try to connect them uh, when he gets back to uh back to that area from their their ski trip Um uh, so and chatting with him a little bit is already kind of like, okay, you know, either way, regardless, this is going to be great information that you're going to get from this person. But we already know that there are some really great options conservatively, and we already are looking at people that we're going to be able to see afterwards. So he's already got in his mind, like, okay, I'm going to this appointment. This appointment will still be a good thing, it's good to do, and I, I will still have these other things in line too, and then I'll be able to make a decision um from like you know having all the information in front of me so um mm-hmm. i think you know he's also very into the conservative management kind of thing i mean he's been around you and me for five plus years so that uh that, mm-hmm. that also probably has rubbed off a little bit on him um sure. so um i think you know he's kind of already got that in the back of his mind it's like i'm gonna do everything i can to, to to treat this conservatively but then you know i think both of us all had the same conversation with him a little bit on you know either way if, if surgery were to be an option and were to be the best option here you know we can do so much prior to surgery that's going to affect that post surgical outcome and so mm-hmm. uh, i think that was an important conversation to have with him
0: yeah and i think when you look at it just completely objectively which which i can't in this case right i've i've been in this field so long that i can't see the forest for the trees i get that but if you look at risk versus reward right for him to take his time and do some prehab treat it conservatively there's essentially no risk right because we know that that is going to optimize his his post-operative outcomes. If you were to get surgery, which hopefully you want, just want to reiterate that, but you know, that's been well established. That's well established and studied mostly in total joint replacements. But I mean, dang, we're coming off a catastrophic injury here. So he's got a lot, he's got to rebuild. So very similar, right? So we can expect that if he does this and he does have to get surgery on that worst case scenario that it will save him a couple thousand dollars it will also save him a couple months of the rehab process too and speed up that recovery as well. So, I mean, my opinion, I don't think he has a lot to lose. Now, granted, everybody's got their own situations, right? Sometimes people have to schedule things around, upcoming things will work and travel. And I get that, right? That might throw a wrench into things, but hopefully if he has the time or he can, you know, make the the best decision that's going to work for him, that he will be able to spend some time with uh, that physical therapist that you recommended.
1: Yeah, no, I think I'm... I I get that too. I know I have my, my bias too, that, that shines through. I try to be as, as diplomatic as possible and as and ride the line as possible as much as I can. And, 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 you know, maybe I, maybe over time I'll, I'll move away from that position as much. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, this, in this instance, um, I'm, you know, obviously I feel for him um, in a lot of ways because you never wish this on anybody and it's tough and, and he's such a good dude and he works so hard and it, it, it's never, never good when you get sidelined uh, from, from the things you love to do. But I think, um, I, you know, I'm also very, you know, thankful that, you know, he has some good people in his corner and has had some experiences working with, mm-hmm. you know, again, you know, shout out to, you know, to PTs in this instance of just having in his mind, you know, He's already, you know, he, before I even said anything about the ortho, he's like, I have an ortho appointment tomorrow, but I don't know if I really want to keep it. And you know, I'd like to see if I can do some, you know, he's already thinking like, I'd like to see what I can do without having, So right. I was like, no, it's like, it's already on the schedule. Like you're already like, it's okay. Like, it's not going to be in the world to go there, but it's already good that, you know, that, you know, this is a perfect example of, of how we can really, you know, um, leave a lasting impression on people with what we do and, and help, um, you know, you know, when they get into this instance, they already are thinking about how they can utilize, you know, PT and conservative management rather than take the the surgical or the 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 pain medication route. Um, so um, yep. it, it is kind of cool to see that that kind of uh, you know transform over the last like four or five years from from you know where this guy was when we first met him to now and like his what his first thoughts are now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when you when you kind of think about it in that manner too, which is something I really didn't think about. So you started saying this, but when we think about where the profession has been striving to be for so long, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty cool that he got this injury, and one of his first thoughts was to contact us, right? Contact mm-hmm. physical therapists, get our opinions, because he respects it and values it based off of his past experiences. Hopefully, I hope that plays into it too. So, yeah. I think that just goes to to reiterate read read it, read it the point for anybody that's listening. You know, just keep in mind every single person that comes to your door is a chance just to promote the entire profession in a positive manner. So just, you know, keep in mind, you know, it might seem like the trivial things with how you greet some person when they walk in the door, making sure you respond to their emails or their phone calls in a timely manner. But just remember you're stacking bricks, right? Brick yep. by brick, you start to build up that alliance and it mm-hmm. takes time. And I think that's honestly why we talk about how, you know, with this recent Medicare cut, things aren't going to change from the top down, not from the macro level. It's going to have to be from, you know, people in the trenches that are seeing patients every day. Yep.
1: Well, um, you know, again, I think that kind of gives us our thoughts on on a lot of different things here, not just, you know, this is so much more than just an MCL injury right here from kind of the things we talked about today. It's more of the kind of our philosophy behind, um, you know, where to go following, you know, an injury <laughs> and kind of our mm-hmm. philosophy on on what, um, you know, we think is, is important things to consider um, throughout this process. And I think this was just a, a good case to be able to illustrate how that worked and how it can work. Um, and, and you know, hopefully, you know, all of our patients that, that end up working with us, you know, in any capacity, you know, whenever they find themselves in a situation like this, you know, our, our goal is hopefully we did a, a good enough job and, and instilled in them the value of PT that their first thought is to contact us like this. And so mm-hmm. it is kind of cool to see that. Um, uh, and again, you know, I think this is the kind of guy um, who is going to bust, you know, bust his butt in therapy and in oh, rehab yeah. to to. He's, you gonna, know, he's yeah, gonna do great. Yeah, so it will. It's one of those things. Is I have no doubt that you know if if conserv- if if you know it's one of those things. Is if it's not a true like this is surgery is the only option case, I this is the kind of person I bet on that is going to thrive with conservative management because he believes in it and he's going to put in the work. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for him in that regard. Um, and and hopefully the. You know, when he goes to that ortho today that the it's kind of reaffirmed that maybe this is an isolated mcl thing and and uh you know hopefully that surgeon you know understands that that sets probably a concert you know a great opportunity for some to, to try conservative management of it and and then we can get him in touch with uh you know uh, our pt buddies uh in his area uh, so that way he can have some some hands-on stuff there um, and get rolling um, while you know since he doesn't live in columbia anymore sad tear um yeah you know, since, he, since he had to move away from us uh so uh we'll get him in touch with the right people there and then you know hopefully you know down the road you know this is a, a thing of the past and he's back doing the things he loves
0: yeah he's gonna do great i mean i, I think you, you always talk about surgery being a, a, a last its effort make sure that you've exhausted all conservative measures and he does go conservative, which uh, which I know he will. He's gonna he's gonna put it 100% of that, so he won't leave anything on the table. So mm-hmm. at least he'll go into it with good peace of mind that he did everything he could. But again, I, I got if I was a bet man, if I was gonna put a thousand bucks on it, I'm, I'm betting that he's probably not gonna have to have surgery. But
1: we will see. Yeah, we will see. Yeah, and um you know again if you're out there they're listening too. I know we have a lot of patients that that um listen to this kind of stuff or a lot of uh you know uh you know people that that ask us a ton of questions is like if you know don't be afraid to reach out too. Uh you know if you have um you know questions on our thoughts on anything um or our thoughts on your specific issue too. Um you know I think that you and I both would love to to maybe start getting into some of the telehealth stuff uh at some yeah. point as well. And so this is a cool foray into it a little bit. We're going to you know mm-hmm. maybe explore that a little bit further, but um, uh, again, we we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in and listening. And shout out to our boy, who I know is going to listen to this episode after it comes out too. Uh, <laughs> I asked him if we could we could talk about him on here, uh, and so I know now he'll probably be looking out for it. Uh, but oh, yeah. um, so and we hope everybody has a a wonderful holiday season, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year. And we will catch you all next Monday.
0: And one last thing, if you like the episode, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. That way we can reach more people. And if you have any questions, a topic that you want us to cover, or maybe a person that you think we should interview, hit us up on Instagram at BetterFasterPodcast. You can also keep up with updates on our physical therapy and strength and conditioning businesses by giving us follows at VertexPT and at VertexStrength. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a great week and we'll be back next Monday.
1: This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialists. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.